0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.
1: Lee has become part of our morning prayers. I was a full time nurse, just lifting up a patient.
0: I tracked the trailer, came up behind this, pushed this right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back.
2: he says, I'm going to do
1: everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I
3: love you. <laughs> Call Pond Lihockey Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.
2: Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHTHD,
1: WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lihockey Giordano talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. All
2: right, ladies and gentlemen around the Delaware Valley, welcome to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. In the driver's seat for Krause, this is J. Doc. We've got a fantastic broadcast tonight. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking Uh, you know, labor and energy. Okay. A lot of the things that are going on, you know, in our our, uh, energy sector, uh, in, in regards to our labor community, we've got Sean Steppe, uh Sean's business agent, Boilermaker Circle 151, also nationally acclaimed on energy issues. Uh, and of course, we have uh, Colin Crosley, teaching professional, School District of Philadelphia. We're going to talk about, uh, and Colin's going to come in at the top of the hour, um, we're going to be talking uh, uh, about what the great things that are going on at the Philadelphia School District. Uh, you never hear those things, well, man, I'm excited to bring them to you, uh, but before we we do that let me bring into the broadcast Sean Steffi how are you sir hey doing good j doc how are you doing tonight I'm doing great man uh, you know couldn't couldn't be uh, more appreciative that you're joining us from the other side of the state and uh, you and I are you know we're in the middle we've got a uh, an initiative we uh, we got the labor and energy um, initiative we got the energy education and awareness initiative um, and and that is to educate the general public uh, and and our political leaders on common sense and energy. We got a, a, a great board of directors, and right now we're in uh, in, in in the middle of uh, of an initiative that is incredibly uh, much needed. Uh, there's so many things going on. Um, you and I have talked about. You've been on this broadcast many times. Uh, some of the some of the things that are going on around the country, and 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 in our own backyard. Uh, it's almost. Sean, like the canceling of America's traditional energy industry, okay, and so there's so much to talk about. Uh, Weigh in there, if you will, and then we're going to talk about a situation that just happened, um, you know, in Pennsylvania that that shot down a one billion dollar plant, and and it's just a sign of the times. Uh, Weigh in, would you, my friend?
3: Yes, no problem. Hey. Listen, Jay Dog. Just want to thank you and and your listeners, and the listeners tonight that are on there. You know, it's really I'm not. It's not just common sense where we're going. We're eliminating reliable generation generated electricity with our domestic fossil fuels, with natural gas and coal, and even nuclear is not growing. All for renewable energies. Now, I've said in the past, I'm not against renewables. But at the end of the day, we're not ready for 100% renewables. And at the current technology level, renewables, it's not ready to succeed. And everything that has to do with renewable energy industry is not domestic. It's controlled by other countries. From the mining of rare earth minerals to the manufacturing of solar panels to the steel used in windmills, to the petrochemicals, uh, natural gas use. it's controlled by China, let's not joke. And we're looking to import, we're not d- using our domestic, you know, energy. And at the end of the day, everybody else in the world is dependent upon natural gas and coal and nuclear, and we're trying to get away from it, and we're standing on one of the largest underground natural gas deposits with the Marcellus Shell, and the Ithaca, your Eutychus Formation, and then we got the largest underground mining complex in all North America and Pennsylvania, and what are we doing? We're shutting our plants down left and right, and we're shutting them down, and we're, and we're imploding them. We're not even keeping them. And yeah. what happened in Europe when well, they had to fall back? They fell back on coal. We're not even going to be able to fall back on coal. All you listeners, get on there, look on your phones. It's self-explanatory. I'm telling you, we're heading down the wrong path, Jay. Dog. And, and and having said that, you know, you make a great point. You know, no
2: one. Okay, one of the things about and 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 John Bland said this. Um, you know, a, a fellow boiler maker, a business manager. Um, you know, from local 13 here. Uh, John said, and I remember when we first were talking about the PES refinery, and we'll we'll get into that because it, you know, kind of um you know it's, it's 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 comparable to what's going on all over the place but john said when do we stop working together okay nobody first yeah. of all let's let's get one thing straight nobody cares about the environment more than we do uh, half of our workers are hunters and and and, and are very um, committed to to our environment what you and i had this conversation the other day okay but we have 5 to 6000 products we use every day that are comprised of petrochemicals, including our clothes, our cleaning products, our renewables. Uh, you can't have a wind turbine without oil to cool it down, okay? And the fact of yeah. the matter and, and so, you know, we make no mistake about it. We, you know, we care about the environment. We're committed to it, no question. But when you think about it, Sean, and you and I talked about it, we're shutting ourselves down, okay? And then we're going to import the same products from overseas. Their standards are nowhere near what ours
3: are, and so no, you're exactly right. Yes, yeah, and you know, if I could just intervene on that. Yeah. So what is China? Yeah. They're building two coal plants a week to manufacture renewable products to sell back to us and the rest of the world, especially us, in the United States. They're buying all Russia's natural gas, all their coal. They're building coal-fired power plants for their manufacturing sector that's selling back all their products to us. We've got to wake up. We've got to wake up and J-Dog. The thing is, the future is coming, and we can burn natural gas and coal. We can use nuclear. There's new technology, hydrogen, carbon capture. But it's not going to happen for five or ten years down the road. That's just the reality of it. And everybody says, like, hey, natural gas is cleaner. We've got to go with natural gas. Well, we just, the environmentalists just shut down a $1.2 billion gas plant in Renova, Pennsylvania. That would have saved that town. That town wanted it. The mayor, they're devastated. They shut it down. And in a the week prior, we shut down the largest uh, coal-fired generating power plant in all Pennsylvania. They're going to decommission it. What's going on here? These are thousands of jobs. These are thousands of jobs, good-paying, family-sustaining jobs. It's time for a TV timeout. Come together and figure this out. But we got the environmentalist is going to have to back off a little bit. And when they leave this community, and even says in the article, they'll never come back. They'll never right. come back to Hummer City after it's closed. They're never going to come back to Renova unless they want to put something else in there that's fossil fuel. I mean, hey listen, we all need it we're not ready yet to just go to renewable solar panels and they're not even renewable. Just like you said, J Doc, you've got to have fossil fuels for to even build the solar panels in the windmills. And we got administration it running our country right now, it's saying one hundred percent renewables do away with fossil fuels. We're not there yet.
2: Yeah and, and, and yep. when you talk and 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 I'll say this: with, with our initiative is common sense and energy. Okay, nobody, you know, half half the uh, the individuals running traditional or working at, at traditional uh, energy uh, companies are environmentalists. Kathy Reheis Boyd, who's the head of the, one of the trade organizations in California, her degree is in the environment. Okay, and so. What's going on? And it's kind of the same thing that happened at, at at PES Refinery here in Philadelphia when when this whole thing started for us. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that um, y- we are getting environmentalists coming in, and uh, from out of state, from out of our out of the areas, and uh, you know the the narrative is being changed. And the fact no, why why are we not working together? We don't have the that the, the critical minerals. Uh, you know right now for the batteries but yet and still for the batteries for electric vehicles at the same time we're creating um, EV mandates across the country which is killing the investment in our traditional energy uh, industries and and what's crazy about it is we are shutting ourselves down but we are still importing the same resources from China from Russia from India from overseas and at the end of the day uh their standards, their environmental standards, are nowhere near what ours are. So, well, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a break now, Sean. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation from the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause in just a minute.
0: Tonight's edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades DC 21.
2: Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Labor Show with Jay and Krausey in the driver's seat for Krausey. This is Jay Doc. Uh, great show tonight. Happy to have Sean Steffi, nationally acclaimed uh, uh, boiler maker, business agent out of Local 154. Um, we're talking energy. Sean, um, we, you know, we talk about uh, what happened recently. Uh, obviously, that the, the company Bechtel uh, pulled out of a project eight years in the making uh, because the the environmentalists who, like you said, will never be back in this particular area, um, literally, I guess they appealed the project to death, the the Clean Air Council, Penn Future, and the Center for Biology Diversity, Biological Diversity. Um, and one of the things they kept talking about when, when I read the one article was how happy they were for the community. But when you read the article, uh, the follow-up article, where it says the decision to continue the $1 billion gas-fired plant Killed us, the mayor of the PA uh, town says. Um, only a, He said that the, the amount of people that were opposing it in that town were s- literally single digits. Why is the media not reporting this?
3: I don't know why the media is not reporting it. And, I, and I'm serious. This shouldn't even be a political This is a, a view. I want everybody to listen to me when I tell you that the PJM, in not so many words, they came out and they pretty much are saying that we are retiring. Too much thermal-powered electricity generation. That's coal and gas, and and even nuclear. And if you look, if you get on the PJM generation mix right now, anybody can pull it up on their phone. You can see that renewables is not covering it. It's making like 10,000 megawatts when we need 100, okay? And I just wanted to read a comment from this the, the senior attorney from Penn Future. He said it's a win for Renova and all Pennsylvanias when we realize the frack gas industry doesn't make sense from an economic, energy, and environmental health perspective. The cancellation of this proposed frack gas burning plant helps move us forward to the future powered by wind and solar. If anybody can take five minutes and look and see that wind and solar is intermittent, controlled by Mother Nature, it's not reliable baseload. And at the end of the day, the amount of land that you will need just to replace that 1,200-megawatt gas plant they're doing away with is unbelievable. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of acres, millions of acres to take out all of our gas and coal. It's just not feasible. And we keep going down this road, and I don't understand that somebody has to call them out on the facts and the data. And if I'm wrong, Come on, I'm ready. Let me know I'm wrong. Tell me how I'm wrong. Because every person that has studied this is telling us that we're getting the cart in front of the horse right now. And I just don't understand. These are great paying jobs that we're not moving forward with. Union jobs. That's building trades jobs to build that plant right there for probably a year or two. And to keep the maintenance on it. I just don't understand where we're going and I don't know how that, that person could have the audacity to say that's a win for Pennsylvania not building that plan. Absolutely. And and and
2: let's talk about the um, misnomer about the, the the green jobs, okay? And and uh, y- y- you know, you talk about and you have gone out to actually job fairs to see what, you know, what they're looking at with 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 the green jobs. And typically speaking, yes. You would, you, I mean, they're not nowhere near with uh, regards to a, a living wage. Talk about that.
3: Yeah, they're they're are $16 an hour jobs. Some of them are $12 an hour jobs. They're not family sustaining jobs. And at the end of the day, after they come in and put together a solar panel that was manufactured, built, the whole process was done in either China or Vietnam or India, it's shipped over here, you plug it together, they move out of there, there's nobody that even works within that solar farm facility, maybe one guy cutting grass and it doesn't deliver. It, you can't it, it, It's an intermittent source of electricity. So just like the four day cold snap we had in Christmas. Look, I got the data right there. Solar wasn't producing nothing, nothing. Gas and coal were delivering. Nuclear was delivering. So there you go. We're not ready for this transition. And the battery storage that we would have to put in to even begin to back it up is unbelievable. And nobody's even talking about what are you going to do in 20 years when you've got hundreds of millions of solar panels and all these batteries that you've got to recycle and find somewhere to get rid of them? It's already a problem. We're, we're really not going down the right road, in my opinion, and a lot of opinion of a lot more people that smarter than me. And... I mean there, we should be able somebody better wake up and we got to hold somebody responsible and if I could just speak to that here we got agencies we got environmentalists they're not even our elected legislators making decisions on permitting and regulations that's shutting this down that should be up to our legislators the legislators should be acting on what we build and what we tax in the state of Pennsylvania
2: And you look at a lot of the issues that we're dealing with. When you talk about overseas, well, let me just run down them. Reggie here, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, the RFS and the RENs, of course, setback issues. And electric vehicle mandates, listen, I'm all for electrical vehicles, uh, electric vehicles, 100%. Let them come into the in, in, into the market naturally, okay? But let's talk about them for a second since you're talking about overseas. We had Siddharth Kara on the program, okay? He was on Joe Rogan not long ago. He was able to go over in the, in the Congo and, and, and be able to video— What's going on with the slave labor situations? Okay, young kids, teenagers that are making a like a buck a week. Okay, and they're mining these products, and then what ends up happening is, um, we you know, and these these are for the critical minerals for the, uh, you know, for a lot of the products we use today, including our com- computers, our phones, and of course, our our. our uh, you know our are, are renewables, and so at the end of the day, yes. You know, we're you know we're this is a slave slave labor type situation, and we are you know are, are trying to pass legislation that says, look, we're not willing to buy anything overseas that is made with slave labor. Okay, what they do is. They, they, they have the companies that are mi- that are mining it. They employ the individuals. And by the way, those critical minerals are for the electric va- the electric vehicle batteries. Okay, which we have no i not yeah. even they would ravage. You know, you talk about an environmental have ha- you know, you, you, environmental havoc. Okay, and hazard. Um, if we were to switch every uh, car right now for an electric vehicle, we would nowhere near have the amount of. Uh, critical minerals that we need, but my point is this: they have a so they mine it. They have a company that does that that hires young kids. It's a disgrace. Uh, Sidharth Kara had it on video, and then they have another company they sell it to, and they sell it to the America in the American market. So our companies are really not buying from the slave labor company. It's a disgrace, but it's an example of what's going on.
3: Talk about yes, things. it is, and, and, and Jay, I, I seen you know that there's thousands of Africans in a pit with wooden mallets getting cobalt. They're over in Chile, you know, getting lithium out of there. Great big lithium is a giant polluter of water, and it uses a lot of water. It's an evaporation process to get to the lithium, and the whole refining process is done out of our country. And then, like I said, we're ended up with the bottom line product. And the thing that nobody's even talking about either is our electricity uh, consumption is going to grow and gr- by I think there's like maybe 28 or 38 percent in the future. It's not going down to be able to power EVs. And then, for us in the middle class and lower class, how many are you going to be able to afford a charging station in your house, and how many people live in apartment complexes? What are they going to charge? They're regulating you down to you're gonna be dependent on public transportation. I'm all for the electric vehicles. But it's not affordable for everybody and it's not gonna be and it is gonna tax the grid that's already unreliable and we've already pushed it to the limit and adding all these extra things that we're gonna need more electricity generation. Sean before you go
2: um, talk, you know, we only got about a minute, but we talk about our, our, our initiative, our energy education and awareness initiative and trying to educate the public and our political leaders because they really don't understand this because they're not getting the, the, the full story from, from the media
3: and, and certainly on, on social yes. media. Talk about it. So, yes, J. Daw, Krause, and there's like the president of our Pennsylvania Building Trades, Rob Baer, Jim Snell, Steam Fitters, myself, the boilermakers John Bland. And there's industry leaders, Marcella, Shell, Dave Callahan. We finally got together, and we want to broaden the horizons with this radio show and the labor and energy show and get out to the public so we can educate them and inform them. And let them know that we're all together wanting to take care of the environment, and there's technology to do it, and we want to move forward and build it. But we also want to educate everybody and let them know that we need our domestic energy which is our fossil fuels and this is a great start i think it's taken off and we're going to be getting out there and you know letting everybody know because as you said right now we're a bb gun trying to stop a freight train the environmental groups and these agencies are well funded and they are just pushing a narrative on everybody to believe it and we're going to be what's the opposite we're going to tell the truth and put the facts out there
2: Absolutely. Sean Steffi, Boulder Makers Local 151, I'm 154 Business Agent, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. Hey, thank you, my friend. Take care. Have a good evening. Awesome. Uh, we're going to be back in just a moment
0: this program is paid for by jacob media partners this edition of the labor show is sponsored in part by sprinkler fitters local 692 laborers district council steam fitters local 420 and the international union of operating engineers local
3: 542
2: all right welcome back to the labor show on talk radio 1210 this is J doc in the driver's seat for krause great show tonight uh Big thanks to Sean Steffi, major advocate nationally, nationally, not, you know, he's a, he's a, a great business agent, board makers union, um, and uh, in, in PA's on the other side of the state. But let me tell you something, man, uh, strong voice, not just for labor, but for human rights. OK, and it, it's so good to hear him talk. Uh, so we're going to switch gears a little bit here. One of the things that that people don't hear enough about. Okay, is the great things that are happening in in our public schools in in Philadelphia, school district of Philadelphia. And we're doing a, a program called Sparking the Dream. Okay, and that program brings students into our broadcasts with the professionals. And it's it's it, you know they get to learn from the professionals on our broadcast, and then we get to learn from the from from the students and we get the opportunity to interview their teachers and and certainly tonight is a great example shout out to uh to melody jackson who who who's the uh the, the the head of the program, uh, career-based learning program in, in, the, in the public schools in the city of Philadelphia. I'm ecstatic, though, at this time to bring in Colin Crosley, who is a teaching professional at the School District of Philadelphia. Colin, how are you, sir? Joe, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, we have a lot of close ties. You're a building trades guy. Uh, if you would, tell our listeners uh, a little bit about your background and, 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 and start off particularly as related to your union background.
1: Um, so, uh, I joined the carpenters union when I was 18 years old. Um, th- uh, my family is also, uh, my mother's side, the Doherty's, they, uh, they're all carpenters. great name by the and, way, of yes, course, uh, the, uh, they were all carpenters. My grandfather, my uncles, all my cousins were all, were all carpenters. So uh, I went into the carpenters union at 18 years old, um, you know, I went through my apprenticeship. I worked for a variety of contractors, I worked for mostly outside doing uh, concrete, Carson, Madison, spent some time working with Safeway Scaffold down at PES for quite a long time, as you were talking earlier with your previous guest. And and you're also, I mean, your father is, uh, you know, was, was uh,
2: a representative, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. So my dad, I have uh, strong family ties into the labor movement. My my uh, my father was the business manager at a roofer's union back in the uh, back in the 80s and my mother was a uh, local 77 uh toll collector teamster for all those teamsters down on strike right now uh we're with you um so I have a strong a strong uh background as far as labor labor being in involved in the movement
2: and so that, that's why you and I when we first met we talked for 2 hours because we have said you know and your your dad knew my dad and they were friendly um uh, but it was great now, how did you get into so you're a teacher in the public school uh,
1: system now okay how did that transition uh, come about so i couldn't even imagine it like it, it just the way it worked out it's 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 crazy i, I as i was saying i was a carpenter and uh, back in like 2010 i'm sure you remember the economy took took a crap sure. there wasn't really any jobs you really couldn't buy a job so uh, I took that opportunity, and um, I was a 99-weeker. I was, I was out on unemployment for 99 weeks. I took that opportunity and uh, reinvested it back in myself. I went back to school. I went to uh, community college at first, and I, I paid my way through uh, Temple University, graduated from Temple in 2014. Um, at that point in time, I, uh, I went back to work a little bit with Safeway, but uh, I had run out. I didn't have any health care, so uh, a position with license and inspection with the city of Philadelphia opened up. So uh, I took the job. I became a code official. I worked with L&I for almost eight years. I was a union representative for uh, Local 2187 for uh, for AFSCME over there. Shout out to all my AFSCME DC47 people. Um, did that for quite a while. And then uh, an opportunity arose after I had finished graduate school to uh, to teach. A friend of mine in the basement over at Ben Franklin said, uh, you know, I think this is, he had mentioned it to me three times before – And uh, it kind of made me nervous. I wasn't really sure if it was something. But then my mom had passed away in 2018 and I figured, you know, I want to start doing things to kind of make me nervous, to kind of get me scared. And what a great opportunity to help people.
2: Kind of like stretching your horizons, right? I mean, that you you know, sometimes it takes, you know, getting out of your comfort zone to obviously grow. Um, And so... What really amazed me. So let's let's talk about you know what you do now. Um, and by by the way, I've had the opportunity, uh, to, you know, to do a spark in the Dream Show with Ron Sizer, okay, with Harry Graham, who's an iron worker. That's I, unfortunate. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get into the iron worker sure, carpenter sure. <laughs> um, But you know, you know, guys that you know, first of all, Ron's incredible. Fantastic. Harry and I go Fantastic. back literally forty guy forty years, and Um, the things that are going on, just absolutely incredible. But talk about what your job is there because it brings a lot of your building trades
1: background um, into the fold. Yes, sir. So uh, I took the job a few years ago as the building trades property maintenance teacher. And uh, I kind of went in there and When I first got there, a lot of the kids couldn't read a tape measure, which was was crazy to me because I had seniors in the program that couldn't read a tape measure. And it's not necessarily their fault. We had COVID in 2020, so there was that virtual learning year. The year prior, there was was asbestos in the building, so there was some transitions going on with that. But uh, when I went into the program, I had to start from the basics, how to read a tape measure. Uh, construction math, fractions to decimals, decimals to fractions, um, nomenclature, job site jargon—you know what you call snips, what you call different tools, and uh, you know different different techniques. I, I, we started very basic, and uh, you know we we had all our students pass the Nocti, which is the state-sponsored program to measure uh, how well kids are doing. Last year, all my seniors passed, which was a huge feather in our cap. We were super happy about it. And that, as of last week, my, I only have one senior this year. Uh, shout out to Michael Tang if he's listening. Fantastic kid. He just passed his NOCTI this week. So um, he scored off the charts. The kid should be valedictorian of the class. Wow. He should be an astronaut. He wants to be a carpenter. So
2: We, we know what's interesting. Um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about many times um, on the broadcast, we've I've even listened to TED talks talk about different types of aptitudes. Some some uh, kids uh, learn you know real well in in, in regards to the curriculum, uh, the regular school curriculum, the math, the science, the you know the the English, and all those things. And other kids are more uh, accustomed to uh, you know working with their hands, and, and they have their aptitude um, is just as high, if not higher, in in another area, working with their hands and these opportunities give those kids um, you know something that you know has not always been there talk
1: about how how they develop young people in the areas where their aptitude is the strongest so most of the most of the people that come into my classes they want to be there they they enjoy working with their hands they enjoy uh, cutting wood or soldering pipe or running electric that's stuff they really enjoy um they come to my class. We have a different relationship in my room. I'm with the kids three hours a day, compared to English or, or history upstairs. They're only up there for an hour, hour and a half. So my kids and I have a very uh, special relationship. Um, and a lot of them come from from deep poverty. A lot of them come from, um, you know, the really rough areas in North Philadelphia and West Philadelphia. And uh, you know. I, we, we talk, we have conversations about the pathway out of that, you know, to, to the middle class and uh, learning a trade. Because, as my grandpa used to say, the only way out of poverty is through education or a trade. And, and this is the opportunity in which they have. Well, it's one of the great things that, that you know, the building trades, uh, you know, do on a, a daily basis.
2: They give uh, the opportunity for, for great wages, also, um, and, you know, and, and as second chances, but also the opportunity to go to an apprentice school and not be in debt when you get done i mean that that is something that and and by the way as we both know you and i the great part about it is we're educated by the by the actual members of the union okay so uh, you know, we train our workforce, and a lot of uh, our great members come back in every one of our apprentice schools, and they give back, and they work, and they and they educate the next generation of carpenters, ironworkers, electricians, steam fitters, boiler makers. You uh, sprinkle for everybody, okay? And and so, um, it's not many places where you can get that type of education. Some of the educations, and when you talk about the building trades, they are college accredited.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of, I, I know the carpenters, when you complete the program, I, I, you have an associate's degree now. Right. And and I, I can't stress it enough. These opportunities you get when you go into an apprenticeship program to earn as you learn. You're going to come out in four or five years and you're going to be making over $100, $150,000 a year and have zero debt, you know? And yeah. I my first day of classes, I show my kids. I say, look, this is where I came from. Everything I have in life right now, I owe to the brotherhood. Everything I got, I got from an opportunity to get into the carpenters union. Absolutely. School, graduate school, school, vehicles, houses, marriage, everything that I could have that's positive came out of joining a labor union and, and learning a trade.
2: Absolutely. By the way, when you graduate from the iron workers apprentice school, you get a master's degree. But that's not important right now, Con. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's such a big deal. Let's, let's talk about uh, your students for a second, okay? What, what surprises you? Um, and what has made you most proud of, of you know, the young people that have come, you know, come through the program. Um, and, you know, because I'm sure coming from obviously working out in the field as a carpenter and at LNI, you know, you had to be, you know, it, it's something new, you know, coming into the school system and not knowing what to expect. Talk about some of the surprises and, and
1: some of the things you're proud of, proud about. So the things that I really enjoy, because you a lot of the kids you can't expect kids that don't know which end of the hammer to hold to be any kind of you know, they're not And that's any kid at the beginning. Of right? course, of course. And and when you get out of my program it's you're not, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, second coming. You're but you're a lot further along than I was at eighteen years old. Exactly. And and, and they're light years ahead of me. They can do a, I mean all my kids that graduate, they're all they all have an OSHA ten or an OSHA thirty. They have the, the basics of most trades. They have an understanding of the tools, the process. But the thing, you know, with my grading, I'm very specific on effort. I'm, big, I'm a big effort guy. So I don't care if, if you do something and it, it doesn't look right the first time. If you take the time to do it three, four, five times, that shows me effort. That's something that's, that's coachable. You want to be there. And showing up, they show up every day for my class. That's a big deal. Showing up's half the battle. Well said. Uh, more from Colin Crosby
2: in just a minute.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Dott and Krause. On talk Radio 1210 WPHT uh, Fantastic show tonight We're going to get right back into it uh, our, our guest in the second part of the, of the hour Is Colin Crosley Teacher building trades Property maintenance teacher At um, the, the, the city of Philadelphia The public school system uh, you're, you're at Ben Franklin or Is it Ben Franklin? Okay um, Having said that You know You wanted that We were talking in the, in the break You want to talk about Some of your mentor programs Talk about some of the things You want to get out there for sure
1: yeah, so uh, I definitely want to talk about some of the things th- the the non traditional people in construction. I mean, you and I both know that uh, construction was a rough place for for women back in the day. Sure. And and today I see so many um, advocates for these young ladies, these women, these uh, the Tarika Dixons from DC Twenty One, sure. the finishing trades, the Taylor Amens from Local Ninety Eight, the Layla Bibbies from the from my home uh, carpenters union that they're bringing non-traditional jobs for these women and showing them that there's a career path in the trades for them. You know, that's it that's a huge thing and it's more important when you're a, a female because they've been through different things than maybe you or I have Sure have. they go
2: through absolutely the job the job site experience obviously um, it's stereotypical when you think about it. By the way, we've done women in the trades. Yeah, we've done a show. It's it's fantastic. You know what what what's available. And it's a, this conversation is important because we want women that are listening to know that there's a, a, another avenue. Um, talk about your curriculum, and you know when, when 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 you're, you know when when the kids go to school. We, t- you know, I'm assuming there's theory and there's hands-on, uh, work and. Talk about that.
1: So, uh, yeah, we have theory and hands-on, and obviously everybody wants to be in the shop all the time. That's just the nature of it. You don't sign up for shop class and not want to be in the shop. But, uh, you know, you can't get into the shop until you have a basic understanding. First, my guys, they all have to go through OSHA in the beginning of the year. Every year, even if they have it, we run it back again just to keep it familiar and make sure everybody's safe and, and, and using best practices in the shop. Um, and then uh, we also have theory, where we kind of go through um, again tools. If, if you don't know, you know, I'm sure that somebody told you go get a left-handed monkey wrench when you were exactly
2: apprentice. the sky hook. Exactly, no yeah. such thing of it. You get the business when you come in. Um, believe me, all, young apprentices go through all that. You, the, the, the individuals coming from your program when they started 18 like you and I did. They're way ahead of us.
1: Well, they definitely are. I mean, I'm getting these kids at 15 years old, and by the time they graduate three years in, they haven't understand. I mean, they're framing walls. They're cutting drywall, putting uh, electrical boxes in. They're running Romex. They're sweating pipe. They're doing a basic brick, uh, brick and concrete. They're, they're doing a little bit of everything, and they're doing it safely, which is the most important part. They're, they're, you know, they're, not, they're not learning bad habits early.
2: Now, the program with the Philadelphia School District is vast. Okay, um, talk about you know, I, you know, with had, had Ron Sizer, who was it was a teacher in the machinist program. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, you know, Harry, who's who's done a uh, a fantastic job, Harry Graham, in the welding area. Talk about that, you know, the wide array of, of specialties kids can go into.
1: All right. So um, in in the basement, we have like a plethora of different opportunities and a little a, a niche for whoever and whatever you, you might want. If you want to go into uh, welding, we have Mr. Graham taking care of welding. He does a fantastic job over there. Um Mr. Sizer, I think he was on your show, Ron yeah. Sizer, he's like the MVP. He's he's such a great advocate oh. for our kids. He's such a great advocate for for machining. He's he's just a fantastic guy. Uh, if we could have, you know, 10 Ron Sizers, we'd be in a – he's just fantastic. Oh, he's fantastic. And then uh, Pete McDermott, another stand-up, fantastic guy, teaches AutoCAD and drafting, which is important. you got to be able to read blueprints if you're doing machining, welding, or – building trade work. You have to have an understanding and what a better, what great way to read blueprints by drawing them.
2: Right? Absolutely. Well, but also let, let's talk about, because we probably got about five to seven minutes left, um, but let's talk about the opportunities. Um, you, 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 you guys don't just train and educate these young people. They have an opportunity. I mean, you know, you guys are procuring job opportunities for these individuals when they leave. How important is that to know that you're given? Because listen, opportunities all everybody uh, can. You know, that's everybody needs an opportunity. It's 100%. so
1: important. Talk about one hundred percent. So uh, th- last year, I had a young lady who I was really trying to advocate to go into the operating engineers program. But she, she didn't want to do it. And, you know, I can't, you can't force people to do something that they don't necessarily oh, yeah. want. Sure. This year I have Michael Tang, my senior, is going into the Carpenters Union. He just finished up the CARP program. Awesome. When he graduates, he'll go in. He's, he's, he's waiting for a sponsor, he's over the moon, fantastic, going to be a superintendent. Um, but then next year, I have a lot of young ladies and the following year after that, I have a, y- a lot of young ladies and these young ladies, uh, they don't understand the opportunity because it's hard to talk jargon if you don't know anything about it. You know, right. if somebody says, you know, you're going to make hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year with no college debt, you're going immediate- to I have a girl that lives at 10th and Cambria. And she kind of didn't buy in right away. But then once I spoke to her dad, and her dad was like, "No, you have to go to the finishing trades because this is going to give you an opportunity to go into DC 21. When you graduate, you have to finish this program." She wants to be a painter. She's she's artistic. So, but you don't know about the kind of money and and retiring with dignity and health and welfare and, and all. Vacation. They don't. You don't know about that. You don't. It's just. It's a different thing because where we grew up. There was opportunity. There, I mean, you know, in, in East Falls, ironworkers, right, Mayfair,
2: carp. You know, right? And 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 minorities in the trades is such a big commitment.
1: Absolutely. Okay.
2: And and uh, Ryan Boyer is such a you know. I mean, he's the African American head of the Philadelphia Building Trades, um, doing an incredible job. Absolutely. At, you know, obviously, um, you know we're. Uh, you know, turning over a leaf, thank God. And so diversity is becoming a priority. And by the way, you know, for a lot of the unions and and, and it's been going on for years, but it started off at a a low point. And obviously we're excited about our union community and the great job they're doing diversifying. At the same time, you know, getting, you know, getting into a union isn't easy for anybody. um, But having that pathway to success is so important. Um, And and I, I love what you guys are doing. Let's talk about, uh, raising money, okay, your situation, I mean, I want the people to listen to this. Okay, this is, uh, t- talk about your budget, okay, and the need to raise money for these students and for these programs.
1: So we're a Title I school, so we we're, we're, we don't have a lot of resources. We're on the poor spectrum as far, you know, our our budget compared to uh, the main line or somewhere else in Pennsylvania, we don't have a lot of resources. But uh, when I first came in, I noticed that you know we, like I said, we had asthma in COVID, and a lot of my tools and materials were missing. So I, I had to start from damn near scratch, and uh, it wasn't enough. Like I still don't have a lot of resources, and I, I was, I had to go out and start finding creative ways. So I I've reached out to tons of labor, and labor's been great with with coming through with helping me get pre- procure uh, different things. Like I didn't have any bibs earlier this year. We were able to fundraise for bibs. We were able to fundraise for router tables, for materials. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm having a glass glazing thing that I'm starting in the, in the next few weeks because I auctioned off uh, custom cornhole boards that the kids made, and that was super successful. Your
2: budget for the year
1: without fundraising is what? It's approximately
2: 6500 I think.
1: $6,500. Yes. Yeah, I mean,
2: by the way, if somebody wants to contribute, what, what, what can they do? Uh, to help out in any way. So, uh, Besides call the... You know, obviously get in touch with us at the Labor Show. We'll connect you. But, I mean, if you have... If there's a way to get in touch with you, I mean, mother of God, let you know, we got to get out there. These $6,500 worth of materials is just not enough.
1: I mean, finished plywood is $75 a sheet right now. You know, two by fours. They're, you know and my kids chew through them because they're new. They're learning. They're oh, learning. Yeah. They're not to mention about the tools that they destroy every year. Sure. So it's, it's a really a tight budget to, to run. Um, if anybody is interested in, in donating and I, uh, I started a t-shirt thing, I'll, I'll definitely get you a, a t-shirt. I'll mail it up here for you. I take
2: get, a medium, by I got way. that. <laughs> Maybe not.
1: So I'll, I'll definitely put on the back of our shirts are a lot of sponsors that, that have came through for us. Uh, um, I'll make sure I send one up and if anybody's interested in contributing, they could, uh, send checks to, uh, the building trades program, property maintenance at Ben Franklin high school. It'd be great to have you. Um, a lot of my OAC people, occupational advisory committee, um, help me do certain things. I have, uh, the commissioner for uh, public property, Bridget Collins. She's a huge advocate. A lot of, uh, carpenters, Joe Lockley, Calvin Johnson, um, I, I, we have a lot of different resources in different places. Ryan Boyer Jr. is on there. Angel Hernandez. They're both fantastic advocates for us.
2: Well, listen, uh, Colin Crosby, teacher, building trades, property maintenance teacher. Uh, keep up the great job. I mean, listen, the great things that are happening at the, at, at the public schools in the city of Philadelphia. Shout out uh, to Melody Jackson, work-based work based, uh, learning coordinator, a school district of Philadelphia, and like our, our good friend, Harry Graham, Ron Sizer, and everybody at the, what you guys are doing. We didn't even talk about the signing day. Uh, on behalf of everybody on the broadcast, on behalf of Joe Krause, of course, uh, you know, listen, uh, you know, we, Sean Steffi, and, and, and of course, uh, Conlan, uh, Crosley, I'm Joe Doherty. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.